Describe fear. I'm your host. Uh, back from my business trip, and I arrived back home about, I don't know, a half hour ago. Um, have my co-host here with me. Uh, found her in the closet, oddly enough. She was, for some reason, tied up, hanging out with the, mm. the water heater. I don't know what you were doing in there. Mm. It's, oh, hold on. Let me take that. No. Let me take the gag out here. There we go. Yeah. How you doing? So, Seriously, yeah. Seriously, uh, you did the intro before taking out my gag? We're your hosts. And, uh, you know, uh, why were you, first of all, why were you in the closet? Why do you think I was in the closet? First of all, why were you in the closet hanging out with the water heater? That's what I want to know. Did it look like it was hanging out? You Kinda. had to untie me. Yeah. So why do you think I was in there? I don't know. It's... Because of your shitty house guest. What? What house guest? Timothy. I think you calling Timothy a shitty house guest is a little ridiculous. No, a little ridiculous is you finding me in the water, whatever, in the closet, next to the water heater, tied up, mm-hmm. and then you start the podcast with the gag still in my mouth. I didn't see the... It, the what? gag was, was... Wait, what is this gag? This is my fear poster. Well, <laughs> how could you miss that? I do miss it now. Yeah, now it's all saliva. Speaking of Timothy, how was last week's episode? It was interesting. I don't listen to the show, obviously. I, yeah. why, why would I? Uh, is your, well, you don't listen to your own show. Uh, was it good? How, how was the, how how was the trip? No. How was the time with Timothy just in general? I guess. Uh, he's weird and creepy, and he stalked me at a literary festival, and yeah, he just he's the worst. And I just felt a lot of anxiety the entire time he was here. So not good at all. Describe anxiety. Um, you pretty much feel like you have to take a shit all the time. That's not good. Yeah. Describe long pauses. <laughs> Describe. Okay, so that's how anxiety makes you feel. Uh, My tummy is in knots, and yeah. That's not Timothy's fault. Yeah, it is. He are... stalked me. Like he. Wait, are you talking about Timothy Arthur Rush? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I don't think he would. Oh. He did do that. Maybe. But was the episode any good? How do you think it worked out? No, he revealed oh. a lot of incriminating. Evidence, and I just, I don't feel comfortable. No. What will we have fun doing? Why did you think we would have fun? We played hide-and-seek with him, apparently. No, we didn't play hide-and-seek. He just tossed me in there. We weren't playing. (laughs) Okay. Well, whatever. Where is Timothy now? Do you take off? I don't care. I give zero fucks where Timothy is. All right. Well, I'll text him later, I guess. Uh, If you're listening, Timothy, I hope you had a good time. Uh, no, I hope someone threw him out the window, like David. I don't care where he is. Well, that's really mean. With a peace pipe in his back. Wow. I don't care where he is. Oh, man. I'm sure it was a fine episode. Um, well, I'm glad to be back, though. I'm back from business. I thought it was a little weird you were in the closet uh, with the water heater. Um, but, you know, I'm not sure how that could have happened. Uh, we'll talk, we'll just, yeah, we're over that, I guess. But we'll move past it. You were... Playing hide and seek in the, the water heater closet, and no. and um, no, you ruined my fear poster that no, was signed Timothy by Marky Mark. 
ruined your fear poster. I don't think he doesn't really ruin he things. He shoved it in my mouth. Well, we'll talk about it later. All right, we'll give you the history, I suppose. Um, so, I'm sorry that made you really anxious. Um, do other things make you anxious, by the way? I'm just yeah. kind of curious. We can talk about anxiousness. Anxiety? Which is called anxiety, typically. Yeah. Typically. I call it anxiousness. I think people who call it anxiousness are too afraid to call it anxiety. Like, it's a oh, very Midwestern, sure, sure, sure. like, oh, you're anxious. So it's not like, like a disease. It's something like my <sighs> grandma would say, yeah. You have anx- you're have you anxious? No, I have anxiety. No, 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 you have anxiety. But that's what people say. You're Oh, you're just anxious. Yeah. To make it seem a little less... Which uh, anxious is more fleeting. That's just like, oh, in the moment, sure. like, you're a little anxious right now. You're not... To, like, play it down a little bit. Like, yeah. it's not as important as it actually is. Mm-hmm. Well, that's all fine and good. Mm. Uh, I don't Are know. you anxious? I'm not anxious now. Do you have now. anxiety? I, Do you have anguish, as the Germans would say? Anguish? I have anguish. No. I am I am German, though. Mm. Anguish? Anguish? And now do French. Anxiety? Anxiety. Anxiety? Um, I used to think I had anxiety, but then I realized I was the best baby, and um, I don't have anxiety, no. so... We can talk about your anxiety. Mm, I'd rather talk about your anxiety. About what? Like in high school? Sure. Uh, why? Because uh, I, when I watch Fear, I think about the anxieties that... Well, I actually think of the lack of anxiety that they have as high schoolers. Because in high school, I had a shit ton of anxiety about every little thing. I'm trying to remember if I had... I'm a lot of anxiety but I'd in also high school. Just discovered I I drank really early. I smoked weed early on. So I think that's how I dealt with my anxiety. And then it got to a point in my adult life where I couldn't do that anymore. And it sucked. So um yeah, my anxiety in high school was easier to deal with. But what made now. you what made what made you anxious in high school? Um, or what gave you anxiety? In high school? I think just typical thing. I mean, grades never really gave me anxiety. Like, I was always a good student. I didn't have issues with that. I wasn't, like, the best student, but I was always a good student. Did you ever get anxious about having, like, a psychopath boyfriend that was breaking into your house and killing yeah. your dog and shit? Well, I had a, I had a, a crazy boyfriend. Did that give you anxiety? In high school. Um, it gave or did you me... just shove it down no. with alcohol? Oh, he shoved it down. With alcohol, um, down my throat, but, uh, yeah, he was crazy, yeah, and I, I think I was more anxious about him leaving me, probably. For what? I don't know, drugs. Oh. Sex, rock and roll, <laughs> all the above. Huh. Yeah. But and and then I was also I was a figure skater and I was in golf so I had performance anxiety and oh describe performance anxiety the fear of performing badly in front of people yeah describe I just did describe that was how but describe how it makes you feel like how do you f- I already told you no, how anxiety how did you makes feel? feel no no how did you feel before you had to go perform your big skate number for example I like, usually threw up oh yeah oh yeah yeah. And with golf, I actually had a bad back injury, so I would take a lot of um, painkillers. Okay. Yeah. 
Because doctors willy-nilly gave you any painkillers you wanted, so... I never got any when I was in high school. Well, you didn't have a back injury. No. I don't. Yeah. have a back injury. I didn't play golf or any sports. Yeah. I was in band. I did not have anxiety before band competitions. No? Because... Because you were clustered in a group? It's a big group. Yeah. Yeah, you're like in a big... You're doing the the show, like Mm -hmm. a a halftime show kind Mm -hmm. of thing on the football field, right? And we go to competitions and whatnot. But no, I I didn't really have anxiety about that. Well, maybe I did. I had anxiety about maybe messing up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't want to mess up. How many people were amongst your instrument? Like, what yeah. instrument did you play, and how many other people were playing that instrument? T-bone. T-bone. I played the trombone. How many other people played the trombone? Uh, I'm going to say, like, maybe a, a dozen or so. Oh, well, that's good. Maybe more. See, I think that's what helps with anxiety. 12 to 15. When you have a community of like-minded people who are doing the same thing at the same time, but it's it's this like separation from the community where you might be on your own, like figure skating. If you're you're by yourself, or golf, you're kind of by yourself, or just you know a lot of different things. And sure, and if some, you're in a group, yeah, if you're in a group. And some people say that's why the... why future generations are so anxious because there's a our community, our census community is dissolving. So. I think maybe when you're with a group of other T-Bone players, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, you might be a little less anxious. Yeah, maybe. But I was always anxious about uh, maybe not re- recalling the, the the part. Oh, Like okay. maybe so I'm not, or if I play the wrong part, play yeah. the notes wrong. Mm-hmm. And with a trombone, you can't really fake it. Yeah. Like in a trumpet or like, especially Pretty like. Shrill, yeah. Especially like, in a, well, no. Especially like in well, a trumpet is very shrill. No, nobody likes trumpets, right? Yeah. Trumpets are disgusting. I know how you feel about trumpets. They're so annoying. They're like always right behind you. It's like me, me, me. It's awful. Maybe behind you. I don't think the general you us like. I don't ever. I've never had a trumpet. There's behind always me. a trumpet right behind it. I've never. There's always I, the a trumpet. There's always some sort of trumpeter. Trumpet is when we were in Coos Bay and that trumpet player was playing taps. I mean, that was actually nice. Yeah, and he was playing tabs for... Uh, it was like the 4th of July. 4th of July, and it was very nice, because it was all echoey, there's mountains everywhere. Also, he was wasn't right pretty. behind me. No, he was like two blocks down, under, now, like downwind from us. I mean, taps, you have to play on a trumpet, right, obviously, yeah. and it's the way to go, or a bugle of some kind, right? Who has a bugle anymore? That guy maybe had a bugle, mm. or a coronet. I feel like he, if he had a bugle, he would have played a bugle. It may have been a bugle. Did you see the bugle? It sounded like a trumpet. It didn't sound like a bugle. When was the last time you ate a bugle? Oh. Anyway, uh, no, so on trombone, you can't really, a trumpet, you can kind of like fake it. If you like, if you're on the field in a big group of, you know, a big band, you know, you could like, if you forgot a few notes, no one could like visibly see you not Mm -hmm. doing the right notes. Yeah. But trombone, it's very obvious. If you're not in sixth position, like, you have to slide. So Mm -hmm. it's very obvious if you're not playing. Anything. Right. Because your slide's not moving. Yeah. <laughs> I think that gave me anxiety to not forget. I didn't want to forget my uh, my notes. Mm-hmm. But I played the notes. And I just... Uh, and you made it. Oh, yeah. We both made it. What? I think that's, a, that's the um, end game of all this anxiety is you're excited just to make it. You just got to break through that wall. Another day. Well, got to break through that wall to the next day. That moist, fleshy wall? Yeah, the moist, fleshy kind. Yeah, yeah, that's right. As David may say. Yeah. 
Those are David's boundaries, moist, fleshy boundaries. Moist, fleshy boundaries. A lot of people have a problem with that word. Moist? Moist. It's just a word. Moist, fleshy boundaries. They can't do moist, anything to you. Moist, fleshy kind. Oh, my God. You know, I like to say that I have all the time in the world, but I don't. So, I think we... Should I turn back your clock watch? Just like a half hour, and then yeah. we will. But uh, anxiety is a, is a real thing, and I don't have any, because I'm the best baby. Yes, Except, you do. Well, I did in high school, but now I don't. No, you do. The reason why I don't have it is because I'm the best baby, and I don't have anxiety any longer. Yeah. But I'd like to hear more about your current anxiety, so that maybe I can understand where you're coming from. You do have anxiety because I live with you and I recognize that every day. But do we my, live together? Yeah. Well, why would you find me in my closet? You just came over here thirty minutes after you got back into town and came directly to my closet. I just thought this was a studio space. Isn't this little headbutt studios? Uh, sometimes. Mm. <laughs> among other things. Um. Yeah, I have. Why anxiety. did you have that gag in your mouth? By the way, I still understand. I, don't, I told you. I don't why don't Timothy you take would, my word for it? Why I just do you don't think Timothy Arthur Rush would do that? I, I haven't even talked to him. You're giving me anxiety right now. Describe it. Like mostly hatred right now. Drink some more wine then. I don't Push want it down. to. No, I don't. I don't do that anymore. No. Anyways, uh, current anxiety is just yeah. you know every day. All day, every day. Is it like day. a work kind of thing? Do you... Is it like a... How does it affect your daily life, I guess? So, it, it currently, it is a work thing because work takes up most of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, but if it wasn't a work thing, it would be something else. So, uh, mostly work because I have to talk to people I don't know and I have to tell people that they, you know, don't look a right way and... Um, yeah, just talking to people that I don't really know the outcome, uh, the idea of not knowing how it's all going to end scares the shit out of me. So, um, yeah, it's something, I mean, social anxiety has always been something that I've dealt with and I know I got it from my dad. And even though I wasn't really raised by my dad, it's interesting that I still. But then you went to live with him like later on. No, Before you started dating. Uh, David, right? No, I, I'm not. I'm not uh, Reese Witherspoon. Oh. I never lived with my dad. Okay. Yeah. Does that give you anxiety? What? Ooh. Not living with my dad? Yeah. I, I don't know. Probably not. Does the fact that your parents don't love each other give you anxiety? Yeah, because at Christmas I have to figure out, like, if I spend too much time at one house, it gives me anxiety and I can't. Um, enjoy myself because the other will get pissed that I've spent too much time at one house, maybe got a better gift, maybe gave someone else a better gift. It's a whole back and forth. So divorce, yeah, is the reason for my anxiety probably. So you're going to blame it all on your parents? Sure. Everyone else does. Who's everyone? Describe everyone. Uh, David. Um, Fictional character. I mean, except Gary. You don't really hear Gary complaining too much about his parents. I hear Gary complain about anything. Yeah, I feel like Gary doesn't have that much anxiety. He did for a, a brief period of time. Like before he died? I feel like when he was running through the woods. You yeah, know, that, that was someone just, should naturally. Anxiety that's is just actually. Fear. Well, well, well what, is the, what is the description of anxiety? What's the definition? Well, there's a difference between anxiety and fear. Sure, but isn't but fear... But they're both evolutionary. Like, they both are based on, you know, 
feelings that you actually should have. It's just kind of like if you're afraid of snakes, you actually should be afraid of snakes because... Well, most mammals are. Well, you should, yeah. You should be afraid of snakes. It's like being afraid of fire. Yeah. It's natural, right? Um, I'm trying to find that thing we were looking at earlier. Well, real about. quick, while you're looking that up, I'm going to just give a little update. Is that right? Sure. Just like a little detour. Mm-hmm. All right. So this is uh, the detour, and uh, I just want to give... My detour, I'm going to give a little update on Ernest Goes to Fear. So I've been talking with John Cherry the third. He was the, you know, he directed all the Ernest movies, except maybe not one. But anyway, he was, he pretty much is the creator of Ernest, and um, he's down for it. He's down for doing an Ernest Goes to Fear um, film, um, where it's kind of like a remake of the film Fear, just with Ernest as opposed to David. Um, and then Vern has signed on to play the father. Which would be interesting because since you never actually see Vern, you'll never actually see the father character in this, uh, you know, version, this iteration of fear. So um, I have to rewrite the script again. Uh, it's like the third time now. It's seemed a little ridiculous. But I'm working on it. It's fine. It's coming along fine. And uh, I spent actually spent most of my time at the airport um, on my way back home from a business trip uh, working on, this, on the, the third version of the script, uh, Ernest Goes to Fear. Um, so yeah, working, looking to find some backers, maybe do a Kickstarter. Um, so yeah, if you're interested, just, uh, go to that. You can just search that Kickstarter for Ernest Goes to Fear. It's pretty easy to find. It's just Ernest Goes to Fear. It's on Kickstarter. Um, that's, that's my detour. So, um, can I ask a real quick question about, is it about Ernest Goes to Fear? Uh, so was your business trip actually mm-hmm. just you visiting a bunch of Ernest landmarks? I was visiting... Yeah, like like film sites where they they shot Ernest films. Right. Mostly the camp. I went and checked out the camp that they filmed Ernest Goes to Camp. Yeah. Um, I also went to the jail that they from filmed Ernest Goes to Jail. I know you would like that. Yeah. But I I decided not to take you. Cool. And uh, it was good. But I was trying to do a little research and like you know trying to get inside the mindset of of uh, Ernest. Yeah. So I can write the script a little. Yeah. Well, time well spent. I mean, uh, yeah, I got a lot of time in the world. Not really. Anyways, um, so we were talking That's about... That's from the detour. We were talking about anxiety versus fear. Um, and uh, anxiety is defined as anticipation of future threat. Um, it is distinguished from fear, the um, which is the emotional response to real or perceived imminent threat. So, yes, Gary was... Um, fearful. Fearful. Uh, I wouldn't call him anxious in that moment. I don't think Gary felt anxiety much. Uh, I think if anyone in this... Uh, anyone... So there are two people who probably... Who probably uh, experience anxiety. I think the father. The father demonstrated a lot of... Oh, Stephen. Yeah, Stephen. With because, his barrel chest. Yeah, because he was always anxious about Nicole like oh your skirt is too short mm-hmm. it looks like you would have worn that in when you're know, 12 or when you're a child yeah. like I don't like this guy so responding to threats rather than you know like a perceived I guess something that hasn't happened yet and maybe Toby Toby I just feel like I don't know like you can't really pin that guy down but, you know, always blowing that whistle, trying to get the dog to come back. I think he was... Oh, yeah. He has some problems. Yeah, he has some problems. And it's Always sucks. blowing that whistle. 
Yeah, he always wants the dog to come to him, and he's like, I think it's like his support dog. Maybe the dog, give, yeah, helps his, his anxiety. Yeah, he's like a therapy dog, uh-huh. and then he gets his head cut off. So oh, that so kind that of kid, brings yeah, me... that kid's messed up now. Yeah, it kind of brings me into... Especially when his parents get divorced, because which is going to happen. But who has anxiety after the movie fear? Like, the characters in the movie, who do you think has anxiety after the whole situation? Margot. Margot? Okay. Actually, she's probably good. Because everything's solved for her now. All the people that were, like, destroying her life are dead. So, she's probably good. I think she'll have abandonment issues later. Does she even have a family? Barely. Her mom's in and out. She's like, oh, if you call here, you know, I'll be here. You know, like, she's with her, her boyfriend all the time, so. I mean, probably... I mean, I, I imagine the father. Stephen has a lot of anxiety, and then maybe Reese, Nicole, I should say. Like, uh, you know, I don't think Nicole. She has I anxiety think, about like meeting new people. Maybe and trusting. Oh, yeah, I mean, trust. Some trust issues. She has there. trust yeah. issues. There you go. Yeah. She's gonna. She's real messed up now. Yeah. And you know that's fine. She messed up. She made some bad decisions, and yeah. like she was living her life, and it was wrong. Yeah, I feel bad for her future husband. To be quite honest, but. Yeah, oh, how do you think that conversation would go? Like, yeah, hey, by the way, my the first person that I ever, like, had sex with got thrown out a window by my father. Yeah. So my father hates every single man I bring home. Yeah, he would. She's not allowed to date until she's, like, Unless thir- until, she's until she's, like, 30. Yeah. <laughs> do you think she'll actually ever move out? Ooh, is she, like, going to become, like, a like a... Lizzie Borden kind of thing. No, like, where she, like, lives with her parents, like, forever because, like, she's so messed up from this whole ordeal. So she can't even move out. No. She's so, like, crippled. I think I think you're supposed to... I was thinking about this earlier. I think you're supposed to think of Nicole as this, like, really strong, pure figure, no matter how, quote, defiled she's been. Like, I think you're always supposed to think of her as pure mm-hmm. and strong and, like, kind of, like, no matter what happens to her, she will overcome. And I th- I don't think later in life that... I, I think it will almost be like a Amy Smart type situation where she goes through these horrible things. Amy Smart, the person who was captured Yeah, she was, she was kidnapped, kidnapped, kidnapped by and, Skeet Ulrich and then like in the woods well, and blah, blah. Well, Skeet Ulrich in the Lifetime movie. Well, and, and then she wrote a book and she has this beautiful family and she's married. And, and I'm not trying to say that she's beyond her anxieties or fears or anything like that, but she has still pulled it together. And I think Reese Witherspoon or Nicole is, like, supposed to end that way. I think Margot could probably end up fucked up because she was already fucked up. And I think, like, Toby will be fucked up because if I saw my dog's head cut off and waggling through, you know, (laughs) the... The doggy door, I would be <laughs> fucked up too. I would never want to own an animal uh, again. And that reminds I, me of a joke, actually. I Go derive ahead. so much satisfaction from animals. Like I, oh, yeah. I love, love animals, being cuddled yeah, by puppies. Yeah. And if I saw a dead dog's head, you know, waggling, waggling in my door, I don't know that I would ever want a puppy again. But you I love don't taxidermy. even know if I would. I do love taxidermy, but like most of my taxidermy, all of my taxidermy, except I don't know about one of them because it, it was purchased from a garage sale, but. All of it is um, natural death, so sure. It's you not. Know, it, it's, it's not being killed by killed by an intruder. Yeah, it's not decapitated okay. by jealous boyfriends. Like Logan. Like Logan. So 
Um, hashtag disgusting. Hashtag disgusting. You missed your, you missed your uh, catchphrase. I'm laying off for a little bit. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Because hmm. you're calling, you're like spotlighting it. But we so. all need catchphrases. Yeah. That did make me a joke, though, real quick. Uh, uh, so, here's my joke. Um, so, a decapitated dog head, Father John Misty, Chloe Savini, and Steve Buscemi walk into a bar. Well, three of those are true. Ah, ah. How is a decapitated head walking into a bar? With it waggles. A, it waggles in. But someone has to be holding it. Who's holding it out of those three? Buscemi? Probably Steve Buscemi. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's no punchline to that joke. But there will be soon. If you have a punchline, write into the show. Uh, it's it's mail. It's just regular mail. Yeah, I'm not gonna, I'm not giving us. you the address though. But you know, you can mail us. You'll find it will find its way. If you <laughs> describe finding its way, describe finding your way through the sea of anxiety. Uh, not medication. Is it medication? No. I was gonna ask about medication. We should no. talk about medication. Uh, so not medication. Well, I try. I'm not. I'm not discounting anyone who takes medication. A lot of my family members do. They think it works for them. Personally, I have tried it and. I tried it. I think I think I gave it a good shot, and it wasn't for me. And unfortunately, I went through a really bad time where I just cold turkey didn't even like wean myself off of it. Just cut it. It's and not generally, a good idea. No, it's a horrible idea. And my boyfriend at the time was like, "I, I left met, you." Well, he didn't leave me. He, <laughs> I, I probably distanced myself from him and then later in life we met up again you. no we met up again and had coffee and he was just like oh oh i was with and then you got back together with you and then you like fell in love and then he left you no okay he was just like oh i was with you during the like darkest time of your life and i was like that's really cute that you think that but <laughs> not really um so darkest time of his life darkest time of his life so thank you i gave you a nice story um, but yeah, I, I tried medication. I went off of it, probably not in the right way, and I don't ever want to do it again. And it's the reason that I don't really take medication now of any sort because, um, yeah, I just I'm fearful of what medication will do to your body, and that's not to discount what anyone else. I, I think I have friends who I prefer them on medication. Describe friends. Uh, <laughs> people who don't live within 10 miles of me, mostly, uh-huh. uh, or even 100 miles. Um, Can I have some... People that I usually have to take a plane to go see because we can't see each other too much. All right, but, so here's my question for you. Yeah. Now. Do you think I need medication for anxiety? Um, so I think... I don't have anxiety, like I mentioned, because, again, best baby. Yeah. So, but, like, um... I think, I, so for me, I wish I would have waited later in life because I think I would have been able to manage my medication because I had such a bad experience when I was younger. It, it's kind of just put a sour taste in my mouth. But I do see people who are older with anxiety that I think could benefit from a situational anxiety medication. So yeah. not something they take every day. Sure, just like when maybe, they, as needed. Yeah, in the moment. Because for me, in the moment when I'm having like a panic attack. Yeah, sure. When I'm having a panic attack in the moment, like, I have practiced some things that will make me be able to deal with the situation. But I think for people who are older who didn't have anxiety when they were younger, it's really difficult to develop those mechanisms. So it might be advantageous for you to take something that's very situational and when you're having, like, an issue or you can't get through your day... But not recreational? Like, I don't want... I shouldn't just be taking it for fun. No. Because I I did that for a whole summer, too, and that was not fun, so... Then why did you do it for the whole summer? 
Mm, I watch a lot of Skins, like the British version. And is there an American version? Yeah. Oh yeah. Cool. And I watch Fruits Sounds- Bats. Fruits baskets. The I like fruits, fruits basket. basket. Fruits basket. The anime and yeah. is there a lot? Of, is there? A, I haven't gotten that far yet. There's just some sadness and some mm. inner reflection, and mm. it just it was a little too real. And I was going through some other shit outside of myself, and yeah, so you know, yeah. So you don't recommend the recreational use of anxiety meds? Well, it wasn't anxiety meds. It was. Uh, Do you like crush it up and snort it? No, I wasn't. Like no. a boss? No. Mm-mm. Is that a boss? Is that what a boss does? No. Not my boss. My boss I had a boss tell that. me once. I had a boss um, tell me I, I had a really bad headache. And I was like, oh, I'm going to take some Tylenol. He's like, you know what you really should do is crush it and snort it. And I was like, <laughs> excuse me? And he's like, it'll get in your system faster. Maybe like, he was doing a bit. Mm, no, no. Did you try it? it? No. Well, now you don't know. I, I, I don't Who need to Who are you to say what that person knows or doesn't know? Well, it, well, you know, it depends what he, kind of boss it was, I suppose. He was a horrible boss, and he recently posted, like, a really horrible video of himself. Oh, that boss. Yeah. So, yeah, that I'm not taking any advice from that person. So. Yeah. No, that person is a piece of garbage. And he's kind of the reason I had a whole bad summer, so. Oof, man. Just, like, always just chasing that roadrunner. Yeah. That guy. Mm-hmm. A piece of garbage. Um, <laughs> do you want to talk about your anxieties? We have like two minutes left. I know you have some. Oh, no, I'm best baby. And I won't make fun of you for no, it. Well, like, the, other the last time. one time I did bear my soul to you and then you just like totally buried but me. But I, I won't bury you. I just, just, I think it's helpful. I think it's helpful to be human, ugh. you know, so you got two minutes. My anxiety, uh, I don't know what it is. It is makes it, it hard to leave the house. I, no, I have that same anxiety. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, I don't want to be around other people, and I don't want them to talk to me. Mm-hmm. I don't want to have to know their names. Mm-hmm. And when they do know my name, but I've known them, like a guy at work that like I met like five months ago, and he knows my name, and every time he sees me, he says my name. He's like, hey, host, how you doing? And like every time, and I'm like... Hey, hey, <laughs> how are you doing? I don't know his name. Yeah. And I'm trying to figure it out, but it's too late to ask, clearly. That gives me anxiety. It gives me anxiety to not use the workout room at work. <laughs> it gives me anxiety to use the workout room at work. Mm-hmm. It gives me anxiety there's showers in my bathroom at work. That's weird. Well, it's because we have the workout room. Yeah, but it's still weird. But there's, it's a lock, there's lockers It makes also. me think of Auschwitz. Whenever there's showers where they shouldn't be, I think of Auschwitz. But it's because there's a workout room. Yeah, no, I get that. You don't want to work out at work, at your job, and then be all, like, sticky. Yeah. Like Nicole's panties. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I think something that you should bear in mind with all your anxieties. Oh, I don't have them. Well, your your non-anxieties is that the way I get through them is it's okay Everyone is thinking about themselves anyways. And the fact that you care enough to try to figure out this person's name is huge. Mm -hmm. And also, I always think about something Jerry Seinfeld does. Jerry, I'll be quick about it. Jerry Seinfeld has a picture of Earth from outer space on his desk. Uh And a lot of people should feel anxious about it. Did he tell you that? 
Uh, no, it's in Judd Apatow's book, yeah. um, which is a really fantastic book that you should read. But he, he, whenever he looks at it, he actually gets excited. So I think you should try to get to this point where you just think about existentialism and basically nothing matters, and it will make you feel a little bit better about... I know that nothing matters. ...about your trivial day-to-day. But, it, I mean, I'm not saying trivial and pushing it under the rug, but, yeah. So, that's my my Jerry Seinfeld soapbox, and I'm done. Describe fear. We're your hosts. Describe fear as a production of Little Headbutt Studios. We're brought to you today. Fear.